Hello there. Welcome to another installment of this Real Life Church podcast. In this particular podcast, we're going through the New City Catechism, which is 52 questions and answers, uh, learning the foundational doctrines of the Christian faith. Really, really good uh, modern uh, resource, I think, that can go a long way in helping uh Helping new believers or or solidifying old, uh, you know more seasoned believers in uh, what they believe the doctrines of our faith, and so what I'm doing in this podcast is just uh, going through the questions and answers and offering a bit of commentary. So we are uh, on question 43 in this episode, and question 43 asks this: What are the sacraments or ordinances? The answer is, the sacraments or ordinances given by God and and instituted by Christ, namely baptism and the Lord's Supper, are visible signs and seals that we are bound together as a community of faith by his death and resurrection. By our use of them, the Holy Spirit more fully declares and seals the promises of the gospel to us. So the word sacrament and ordinance are often used interchangeably. Sacrament simply means a ritual or a ceremony. Um, ordinance means a, a command. An ordinance is a, is a command. Um, obviously used in this context, it's related to the commands of Christ to keep certain ceremonies. Um, so some Protestants prefer not to use the word sacrament um, because of the way in which the Roman Catholic Church understands sacraments and, and has added to the two sacraments uh, which the Lord has given us. I, th- I think the Roman Catholic Church has, um, I believe it's seven sacraments. And uh, the way that they view sacraments is that they're obligatory for a person to receive grace. And so I, I've heard it put this way before, that that uh, uh, once a person sins, and uh, if it's not a mortal sin, but it's a venial sin, then they then they have to get on the treadmill of uh, the sacraments, where they they go through penance and the uh, absolution of sin and and so forth, all the different sacraments in order to stay in a place in a state of grace. So that's why some some uh, Protestants prefer to use the word ordinance instead of sacraments. Some use sacraments, and I usually refer to the Lord's Supper and baptism as ordinances, though I sometimes say sacraments. But of course, I'm thinking thinking of them as the two sacraments or ceremonies given by God and instituted or ordained by Christ. So these two ordinances are the Lord's Supper and baptism. They are visible or outward signs. In other words, you see these ceremonies with your eyes. You touch them with your hands. Think of uh, the Lord's Supper. You touch the bread, the wine, You bread, wine, juice. Um, you see the table that they're sitting on. Um, in the case of baptism, you see the water, and and feel the water, of course, when you when you are dunked underwater, when you're immersed in the water. And in the case of the Lord's Supper, you even taste and eat the bread and the juice, or the bread and wine. Um, you know, I heard it once said that that these two ordinances are are outward dramatizations of spiritual realities, and I, I like the way that that's put. They're outward dramas of or visible dramas of spiritual realities. So both of these ordinances show visibly that we're bound together as a community of faith or that we're part of the body of Christ uh, together through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now think about how the Lord's Supper symbolizes this for us. 
when Jesus instituted this ordinance, um, he didn't do it privately. He didn't write it down and give it to his disciples. He did it with them, right? They were sitting around a table together. The Apostle Paul does something interesting in his teaching on the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians 11. Um, He uses the phrase, when you come together, uh, five times clearly communicating that this this is an ordinance to be done together. This is something that um, is is uh, to show that we're bound together as a community of faith. The idea of an individual, or quite frankly, even a family, a single family, doing this in their home as a, as a normative practice, I would suggest is counter to what the scripture teaches. And I would even want to push back against Um, the practice of a sanctuary full of people. So you're at church, there's a sanctuary full of people. All of them have been trained to close their eyes and uh, imagine it's just him or her and Jesus. And I just would say, no, we, we come to the table of the Lord together. We take the bread symbolizing the body and the wine or juice symbolizing the blood of Christ by faith and receive his nourishment together. This is something that binds us together as a part of the body of Christ, as a community of faith together. And what about baptism? Well, baptism, of course, is the glorious outward symbol of the inward reality of our union with Christ in his death and resurrection. And I would suggest that by consequence of our union with Christ, we are also united with all of God's people who are united to Christ themselves. Right? So, so we're united to Christ and we're united with all of those who are united to Christ. Um, so baptism is that outward symbol. And I think that's why, I shouldn't say why, but I, there's the teaching in the New Testament, uh, Ephesians 4 or 5, that there's one baptism. Um, Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, of course, Paul wrote Ephesians 4 or 5 as well, but in 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 12, 13, Paul says we are baptized into one Body. So we are baptized into Christ. We are united to Christ in our death and his death and resurrection by faith. And baptism is that outward symbol of our union with Christ and, our, and being baptized into one body. Uh, finally, these ordinances, or I should say by these ordinances, the Holy Spirit declares the promises of the gospel to us. When someone is baptized, when someone is immersed underwater, what is that speaking? What is the Holy Spirit saying through that outward visible act? Well, he's saying that person has been united to Jesus Christ in the death of Christ, in, in Christ's death. And that person has been united to Jesus Christ in his resurrection. So that person is now dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That that person is dead to sin and alive to righteousness. That person has died with Christ and has been raised to newness of life. And of course, when we see that happen, it also reminds us that we ourselves are dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus, that we have died with Christ and we have been raised to newness of life. And when you take the Lord's Supper, what's happening there? Well, Paul says explicitly in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. he says, for as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of Christ, the Lord's death until he comes. It is a proclamation. It is a declaration of the gospel. It's powerful. So, 
just uh, to recap, what are the sacraments or ordinances? The sacraments or ordinances given by God and instituted by Christ, namely baptism and the Lord's Supper, are visible signs and seals that we are bound together as a community of faith by his death and resurrection. By our use of them, the Holy Spirit more fully declares and seals the promises of the gospel to us. Now, there's two passages, of course, because there's two ordinances that go along with question and answer 43. And uh, regarding baptism, it's Romans 6.4, which says, We have been buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And related to the Lord's Supper, it's Luke 22:19 and 20, which says, And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Well, until next time, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you.